I was so, so happy. I was so excited, so happy. My sisters were like, oh, well, whenever you get the results, let us know first. Let us know first. So first thing I did is I let my sister know, and I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Why is that? What happened? Everything then? turned from then. Everything turned. It went from it went from everything was great and fine and we were really good with each other to to them shutting the door on me and never speaking to me again. Who am I? 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 This is Who Am I Really? a podcast about adoptees that have located and connected with their biological family members. I'm Damon Davis, and today you'll meet Daniela. She was born in Chile. Daniela was adopted by a German family who later moved to Miami. She was out of place in her family and out of place in a new country. During her teen years, she was seen as a problem, given psychotherapy and medicated when in reality, she was just passionate in her own self-expression. In her 20s, she was able to locate her biological mother and sisters back in Chile, and they began a wonderful reunion. But when Daniela discovered her birth father's true identity, her maternal side turned their backs for good. In the end, Daniela is very thankful for what she now knows about herself as a native Chilean. This is Daniela's journey. Daniela was born in Coronel, Chile. Her mother was low income, and it was common for babies to be adopted by foreigners. She had a social worker come to her regularly to check up on her on her pregnancy. Uh, in those times, I guess adoption was big um, to give babies to foreigners, hmm. German families. It was common. So I was, yes, I was adopted. So at three days old, I was given away to a German family lived with them in South America for a couple of years till I was seven. I was always told I was adopted. Um, I just always thought I was, I was told I was special mm-hmm. and everything was fine. I, I believed that whole special story until I started going to school and sharing the fact that I was special. <laughs> and how did that go? Over? When I, Oh yeah, no, that wasn't good. I was like, Oh, I'm special because I'm adopted. And, and then I, the reaction I started getting from people was, wasn't your special? It's a, oh, are you okay? Are you sad? Do you know your mom? And that's when I started thinking, hmm, when I was seven years old, I was like, hmm, I don't know my mom. I'm, this is a sad reaction. Maybe I should be sad. I I don't know. Uh, Maybe I am sad. And that's when I started kind of exploring my own feelings into how I really felt about adoption. Daniela said she never felt like she belonged. Keep in mind, she's a Latina woman in a German family. All of the conversations about how her adopted brother looked like her adopted mother would never apply to her. Interestingly, she did have a Chilean aunt who was adopted by Daniela's grandmother. She was abused in Chile, so she chose to flee the country when Daniela's grandmother left. I went back to Daniela's mother's circumstances for a moment because it struck me that the social worker visited her more than once, and it sounded like there was a system for getting foreign families Chilean babies. It sounded predatory to me, so I asked Daniela about it. I got the sense from what you described with your birth mother that she was solicited by the social worker, like they were watching her and suggesting. Yes, yes, yeah. Really? So it was yes, very yes, predatory. Yes, the social worker. 
Yes, that's what she, my my birth mother told me in the beginning when when we um, when we spoke when she hmm. would speak with me. Yeah, she told me that the um, social worker would come around, basically started making rounds through the church and um, visit her quite often, telling her you know that she could give me a better life and she would give me up and all these things and wow. that it would be easier because she doesn't have their resources and and that's how it was in those days. Coercion. According what, to my mother. Around what year was this? 1986. Okay. Wow. Daniela lived in Chile with her new family for seven years until they relocated to Miami, Florida. That's where things went from bad to worse for Daniela. She was in a family that she didn't look like, in a country that was unfamiliar, and her teenage years were around the corner. She was struggling mentally, and her family knew it. The differences between Daniela and her family were becoming more apparent. I just went from not belonging to completely lost. And my adopted family started taking me to see therapists and psychologists growing up um, because, see, it's different when it's culturally different. I express myself in a different manner, of course. I come from a different culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, my German family, they express themselves differently, so I was very extreme to them. Mm. So they resorted to medication and psychologists. Yeah. I was always kind of considered... Unstable. <laughs> yeah. I, when I hear you say that, I have my own preconceived notions about someone of South American descent versus someone of white European descent. But I want to hear how you would describe the differences in how you express yourself versus how they express themselves. Where it always went wrong was when we disagreed on things. And me, I express myself, I'm, I'm very passionate. Um, I wear all my emotions on my sleeve, and that's just not... Growing up, I always thought there was something wrong with me because I was like that, because I was very expressive and um, passionate. You know, when I get... uh, When there was a disagreement, I show it with my body, with my facial expressions. My voice can get louder, but it's not necessarily in a hateful way. It's more just... I'm passionate about what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. and I, I, you know, I I speak it differently. My whole body expresses itself differently mm-hmm. and yeah exactly yeah and my adopted family they are more reserved very german straight to the point there's no expression in the way they move it's just a different way so i was always different i was always there was something wrong with me because of the way i was she says therapy was a tough experience for her because she was forced to acknowledge her feelings that she felt her life was purchased Looking back now, I see how I can see how how I like how 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 sad it really was because I remember one time my therapist asked me to draw how I felt, and I drew. I remember drawing nothing just but a black circle because I didn't want to be there and I was angry. I would tell her how I felt that I was bought, I was chosen because my parents wanted a girl, so they went to the hospital and looked for a girl. They wanted a baby girl, not a grown girl. So they got a baby girl, you know, had they wanted a boy, they would have gotten a boy. And it's like going to the pet store and choosing out the puppy that you want, female or male, or I always felt bought. She was prescribed medications for happiness, antidepressants, concentration, and all kinds of conditions until she was 13. Around that time, Daniela was getting wise to the language of therapists, but she learned the hard way what kinds of things to say and what language to avoid. Well, I remember one time backlashing and being completely open because they tell you to tell them everything and 
And I did, and I told him how I, you know, I would get really sad, and I felt like I don't belong, and I don't want to be a part of the world, and and everything went crazy. Then <laughs> my parents started watching me all the time, making sure the door was open. My privacy was completely gone. It's like I got penalized for being honest. You were on a suicide about, watch. Mm-hmm. Correct. So that's when I learned, okay, I can't be completely honest. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you, you learned very quickly. I'll never say that again. Exactly. Yeah. No, and I was, I was very, I mean, I was very depressed. The older I got, the worse it got. I was in the hospital, you know, I did, I did try. Um, you, you I didn't attempt, care about myself. You attempted suicide? Yes. Yes, I did. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm glad you're here. Oh, <laughs> oh well, thank you. Yes. I mean, I did. I mean, I, I didn't care. Yeah. I felt like nobody wanted me. My own parents didn't want me in the world. Why am I here? I was a mistake. I wasn't even supposed to be born. That must have been so, so difficult. When you got out of the hospital, what changed for you then? How were things different? You've survived this attempt on your own life. What, what, what was different on the other side or was it still the same? It wasn't different. It was still the same. It's Mm. just, I got smarter. I learned how to smarter in how to in learning how to hide things from the rest of the world, knowing who I can trust, who I can't trust. And I figured out quickly, I really can't trust anybody. She was doing poorly in school in Miami. So Daniela was attending alternative schools. When she was 16, she was enrolled in summer school, but she showed up late to school twice. And those two tardies were grounds for dismissal. At that time, her adopted mother was down in Chile visiting her own mother. Daniela's mom and dad didn't feel they could trust her at home for the summer. So from Chile, her mother invited Daniela to join her down there in Concepcion, just south of the capital, to spend the summer with her. She packed her bags for the trick invite back to her homeland. So I went there, I packed, you know, my suitcase. I went down there and once I was down there, she says, oh, would you like to stay here? (laughs) And I just said, you know what? It just felt like, you know, you guys don't want me back over there. I'll just stay here. Mm. And I stayed. You feel like he, you, it was a, it was a covert operation. I felt like it was a trap. Daniela said that wasn't the only time she was tricked by her family. One day, her mother and brother picked her up from school for a doctor's appointment. They took me to the hospital, and it was weird because I'd never gone to a doctor appointment inside the hospital. But I was like, okay, maybe I'm seeing a new psychologist. And then when we went in, the doctor sat in front of me and said that I will be staying there. And I won't be leaving the facilities. And it turned out they, it was a psych ward. Wow. He put me in a psych ward. Anyway, Daniela's mother has invited her to stay in Chile and not return home to Miami. She started looking for her birth mother. Her adopted family knew the whole adoption system down there. They knew the social worker for Daniela's case personally. She was a family friend. So the social worker had given her family a ton of identifiable documentation with her birth mother's full name, social security number, and date of birth, and her sister's comprehensive information, too. Everything she needed to actually find her people. And she says, whenever I wanted it, that, that she can give it to me. So I asked for it, and there it was. So I started my search. But I don't think she really thought that I would find my birth mother. Because when I did, it was a big betrayal. Like She did not react how I thought she would. Before we got to the betrayal, I wanted to hear about the actual search for her birth mother. Before attempting a trip to Coronel, two hours south of Concepcion, she needed an address to know specifically where she was going. Daniela, 16 at the time, 
cleverly and confidently went to the office where people pay their water bill and said she needed the last known address for the woman, and they gave it to her. She showed the address to her adoptive mother, who confirmed that's where Daniela's biological grandmother lived. You would think that being in her home country and acquiring the woman's address would have motivated her to head down to Coronel to meet her birth mother, but she didn't. I, I sat on it. I really, I didn't, I didn't go. I didn't, um, I didn't have the guts or the courage. I was scared to go over there because all my life I thought she didn't want me. So I was scared. I had fear. I, 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 mm. I put it in the back burner. I didn't, I didn't pursue. I didn't have the, I was just scared. How long did you sit on it? I sat on it until I was 20. So you lived in Concepcion. For four years before mm-hmm. you went down there. What did you do in the meantime between, so I assume your mother, your adopted mother was only there for a visit. So she wasn't there the entire right. time, your whole four years. She left. How did your yeah. life change in her absence? How did you start over in well, Chile? I was with, I had a boyfriend and because I was in such a weak state of mind, I got into a bad relationship. So I lived with my boyfriend and his family for that that amount of time, and uh, and it wasn't a healthy relationship. It was abusive, uh, emotionally abusive, uh, and physically abusive. Um, eventually, I ended up getting pregnant, and that's when everything changed. How so? Because as soon as I was pregnant, I left. I left. I had a reason. Before that, I had a re- I didn't have a reason to be alive or to care about myself or anything really. So I just didn't really care. But as soon as I was pregnant, and I, ha- I had my own child. All of a sudden, it's like I had a reason to to fight, to to live. Daniela's daughter gave her life purpose. She left her boyfriend, moved out of their house, and ended the relationship. She contacted her adopted mother with a plea for help, then returned to the United States to have her daughter but she moved back to Chile with her daughter. She tried to make it work down there, attending college, but it was all too much. Daniela returned to the United States when she was 20 years old. When I remarked that she had traveled back and forth quite a bit, she agreed. I did. I, it just, it's the whole nomadic, you know, I don't know where I belong feeling. I'm sure you can imagine her relationship with her adopted family was very rocky and she couldn't stand being in their home. Social media was just taking off, making it easy for Daniela to find a relationship online. And she did, in California. So she moved. She told me about that transition. You know, it was, it was fine. I mean, I met, I met a good man. He's a very, very good, very good man, very good father. He took good care of my daughter. It was, it was great. He, 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 he proposed within one month, and everything happened really fast. I got married within the next year, and... And then that's when I had my dream. And what was that? I had a really scary dream. I woke up one morning. I mean, the last thing I remember, I, I woke up. I, I remember seeing, I saw my mother. I saw my birth mother in my dream. And she was beat up, her face black and blue. And everything was black. It was just her standing there, mm. just beat up looking at me. Oh, man. And I woke up, my heart racing, hands sweating, just terrified. Daniela went to social media armed with her identifying information and started searching for her family. 
She didn't find anything online for her birth mother, so she searched for her sister's name. So I picked, I picked three of them that I thought kind of looked like me. I didn't know, you know, I didn't know these people. So I just picked three women that kind of looked like me and I reached out. And one of them wrote back saying, how do you know my mother? Who are you? Is this a sick joke? And what did mm-hmm. you say? I have a picture of when I was a baby in the hospital with my birth mother. And I sent that, is this your mother? I'm looking for her because that's, it's my mother. I'm looking for my mother. And she just, uh, that's where everything took off. She couldn't, she didn't believe me in the beginning until I sent her that picture. And then she was shocked because she had no idea that I existed. Wow. So she believes you now. What happens next? She told her mom, which is my birth mother, and my birth mother, she tried to deny it. She tried to deny it. And when my sister showed her the picture, there was no denying it. She couldn't deny it anymore. But she was upset that the secret was out because it turned out that um, my birth mother had an affair with her husband's brother-in-law. So while her husband was in jail, because her husband turns out that he was abusive, she messed around with the brother-in-law and that's how I came along. Oh, man. So no wonder she was open to the coercion then. Yeah, she didn't want anybody to find out. Daniela's return revealed her birth mother's secret. She was still in California, and her birth mother was in Coronel, so all they could do was speak by phone. But her birth mother wouldn't talk much. She was uneasy about Daniela's return. Daniela's older sister continued to speak with her, though. I asked her how her sister acted toward her. She felt sorry for my mom. And that's the thing that I don't understand to this day is that people always think about themselves first. They don't think about the other person or how it was for me. Um, She was just putting all the box together of her growing up and and seeing her her mom sad. And she always told me that her mom was, which is my mom, is very secretive, have always been to herself. And my sisters were basically raised with their aunts because my mom was off, out and about. That's how she's been. It's always been a life like that. Daniela's sister wasn't empathizing with her at all. But the family was okay with meeting her, so in 2009, she planned a solo trip back to Chile, leaving her daughter behind with her husband. I went down to Chile, and I saw my mother... And everything was good. You know, it was a good relationship. She was skittish when we saw each other. She she just wanted time with me by herself. And she wanted me just to keep things between us. She didn't tell. She, we, I mean, we only told her mom, which was my grandmother, about me and, and her sister. But she didn't want anybody else to know anything. I asked her who my father was. And she, she, she just told me, oh, we, we're fine the way we are, you know. We don't need anybody else. And your father, he has his own family and he doesn't know you exist. So Mm. it's better this way. Oh, wow. How did that make you feel to be held a secret still? (sighs) Terrible. I hated it because I want to know who my father was. Mm -hmm. Even though growing up, I was angry at both of them. I I always blamed my father because I always thought, oh, it's because... She didn't have support from a man that, you know, she, she had to give up her child. And, mm. But I was wrong. <laughs> her birth mother asked Daniela to maintain the secret of her existence from her birth father's family. 
Once again, she was not empathizing with Daniela, who hasn't known who her first family was for all of her life. She didn't acknowledge that her daughter's life came from two people. Daniela wanted approval and acceptance from her birth mother, as we adoptees so often do, so she honored her request. She was in town for three weeks on that trip, spending most of her time with her sisters. I spent more time with my sisters than I did with her. I saw her. I spent the night over at her house one night, and she's just very quiet, very just, she just, very, she observes me a lot, just mm-hmm. um, ask questions about my life. Uh, she says that she, she wanted to make sure that I, uh, that I went to good family, but I don't know how she wanted to make sure. I mean, I don't even know how much of this is true because she has issues, you know? So, so how was um, the, um, she's quiet. She's observing you. How were you, how was your time with your sisters? Oh, it was nice. It was, we were so much alike. We all laughed the same. You know, they said I, I I was the most that looked and acted like my mother, and they were just tripped out about that. They were just, you are the one that is the most like her, and, and you didn't even grow up with her. I thought that was pretty crazy. Yeah, that's got to be nuts. Yeah, I mean, we I walked with my mom and her brother down the street. Her brother didn't know who I was. Uh, we were walking down the street, and the brother looked at me and said, you know, you look a lot like, like she did when she was little. And he didn't know that we were related. He didn't know that I was, you know, his, his niece. Really? But I looked a lot. I look a lot like I took after my birth mother. Yeah. How did that make you feel? I felt proud. Proud and sad. Because it's, it's sad. They lived the whole life and, and I wasn't part of it. I asked Daniela what it was like to leave her family after three weeks in reunion together. It was very sad. It was sad because they wanted me to stay. They they felt like the sister. I mean, we, we all felt it like, you know, like the sister bond. I never had that before. I mean, I grew up with two adopted brothers. And I never knew what it was like to have a sister. And it was, it was really nice because we were all open with each other. And it was really sad. It was hard to leave, you know. It was hard to leave. And just thinking about the fact, it always crossed my mind. Like, I could come back here, you know. I, sh- I could come back and live here. But I had a daughter already and, and a husband and... It, it always seemed it seemed very daunting. It just seemed very difficult. Yeah, yeah. I presume you you had established a life. I mean, when you've once you've gotten married, you know, you've got a family, you've, your routines, your job, you've got stuff that you have back in California that can be hard to uproot for something as new as this relationship, too, right? Exactly. Yep. But I was I was naive, you know. <laughs> I thought it would have been good, but it, you know, like time always shows, and and time did tell and things changed after some time coronel is a small mining town needless to say word got out about daniela's existence specifically to her paternal half-sister who reached out to daniela through social media she sent me a message you are my sister you know your father wants to get to know you he's very sick and he wants to see you before he he gets any sicker and a very drastic email and i just i didn't know what to think of it i was completely taken aback. I didn't know what to trust or who to believe or anything. So I reached out to my sister from my mom's side and I said, you know, this girl's reaching out and they completely blew it off. They're like, oh, don't trust her. Those people are crazy. You know, they're a bunch of Indians and all the racism started to come out. Mm. Don't trust them because they're natives. They're just, you know, some, they're ignorant Indians. They wish, you know, they're crazy, blah, blah, blah. But of course I was still curious, like, wait a minute. Yeah, right. You know? Right. Like, how, why would she take such interest? 
Daniela was confused, so she decided she would settle the mystery. She bought a paternity test from CVS Pharmacy, sent it to her friend in Chile who drove it to her alleged birth father's house. Her friend sent his test sample back to the States. The results were... He was my father. Wow. What did you think when you saw that? Yes, I screamed. I, I, when I got the results, because they emailed you the results, I was so, so happy. I was so excited, so happy. My sisters were like, oh, well, whenever you get the results, let us know first. Let us know first. So first thing I did is I let my sister know, and I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Why is that? What happened? Everything then? turned from then. Everything turned. It went from it went from everything was great and fine and we were really good with each other to to them shutting the door on me and never speaking to me again. What happened? You, you so you notified them and then and what did they say? I told my sister and then she told I told her, Oh wait, wait till you don't tell my mom yet because I want to tell her first that I found who my father was. Well, she went ahead and she told my mom and my sister got back to me. She said, You know, that man was bad to my mom. He raped her, and 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 how could you do this to my mom without even telling her? Basically, just how dare you find out who your dad is? You don't know the truth kind of thing. My mom says that she, she had gotten raped and, and just making herself the victim um, when none of this was brought up before. You know, before she just told me different names of a man. She told me a completely different name, but not to tell him anything because he has his own family, and it was a completely different person. Oh, is that right? not who I found out. Yeah. So this was not the person whom you thought it was. It was a totally different guy. Really? A completely different man. That's really fascinating. How then did his family find out out? that you existed as it related to your birth mother? This is where it gets a little complicated. (laughs) My, My birth mother had a partner, which is my sister's father. That was the love of her life. And the love of her life had a sister. The sister was married to my father. So my my brothers and sisters on both sides of, the, of my mom and my dad, they're cousins. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how the word got out. Got you. But, well, your, but your but, mother tried to, 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 to sear you off track and named someone else completely. Correct. What a complex situation. So... Daniela's sister believed everything their mother said about being raped when none of that trauma was raised before. Remember, the sisters simply said that Daniela's paternal side were part of the family and they just didn't like them for discriminatory reasons, not criminal ones. If it had been a violent act, Daniela feels like her mother would have expressed what a painful time that was in her life. But she never did that. The whole thing was fishy. Daniela called her birth mother to check in. So I called my mom just to see what was going on. And and she just answered the phone and said, I don't ever want to hear about you. Don't call me. I want nothing to do with you ever again. And she hung up on me. And that was the end of that. Mm. That was very painful. That was the second rejection. And that was so tough. So, so hard to deal with. What did you do? How did you, how did you get through that? I don't know how I got through it. Just thinking about it now is very hard. Daniela was in touch with her maternal side for five years before the fiery end to their relationship. She was left to know only her paternal side of the family. She wanted to meet them, so she planned yet another trip back to Chile in 2016, a year after receiving her affirmative test results. This time, she was headed even further south to another town, 
I'll let Daniela tell you its name, so I don't mess it up. It's called Arauco. She visited her family on native ancestral land. It was amazing. It was beautiful because it's in the middle of of the nature. We I, He showed me the whole territory of, of my grandfather, grandfather's territory, which was, there was beach, there is... There is river, there's lake, there's there's waterfall, and there's forest. It was just everything, nature, beauty possible. That's amazing. Was there? It, it was amazing. He told me the history, you know, of my grandfather and how he was he was murdered by the government, and and because the government took over the land for forestry industry, and that's when I started to really get to know the issues between the indigenous communities and the government in Chile. And it was very interesting, very informational, just very rich mm-hmm. and sad and, and everything. It was crazy. That sounds crazy. Wow. But how interesting for you to be able to hear some of your family's history and understand more about your own heritage. Yes. Everything started to make sense. Like growing up, you know, I was always told, oh, you look like Pocahontas and all that <laughs> stuff. And I, and I hated it. Like I hated being told that I look Indian <laughs> like, mm-hmm. because I didn't really know what I was, but I just thought like, like, oh, they're making fun of me. They're making fun of me. But it turns out, you know what? I, I am Indian. <laughs> wow. I am indigenous. That is so cool. Yeah, that connection back to your own heritage and sort of a clear identification with whom you're connected to is so important and really fascinating. It's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. No, I just, you know, I totally embraced, I embraced it 100% because everything started to make sense. You know, everything in my own struggles within myself just started to make sense. You know, this is why... I always got along better with animals than I did with people. This is why, you know, I, I was always so empathic, empathetic towards, you know, the environment. I've always been, you know, just more in touch with with the earth. I think it was, you know, I always felt like betrayed by people. So I just always cling to the other side, you know, the nature, the animals, sure. being outdoors, being more of a loner kind of person. And it makes sense now. Hey, you know, I'm indigenous. That's why. The trip sounded really great, but I wanted to know about the paternal relationship. Daniela sounded thankful that she finally learned her birth father's side of the story. My mother, when she was pregnant, she stayed, even before she was pregnant, she was staying with with that family, with my father's family. Before she was pregnant and during the pregnancy, they stayed in the same house. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and he kind of had an inkling that I was his daughter, but she she denied it. She did she denied it all the way. They actually they actually wanted her because they knew that she wanted to give me up for adoption. They asked her. My husband, my father's wife, told me that she asked my mother to give me to her. Really? She said, no, don't give her away. Give us the baby. They wanted me. What did you feel when you heard that from them? Oh, heartbroken. It's like my whole life, I always felt like nobody wanted me. And, and here was my father and and his family. They knew of my existence. They didn't know I was his daughter, but they wanted me. You know, they wanted to take care of me. And my father told me that something, you know, that he always knew that, you know, he, he, he kind of knew that he wasn't sure because she denied it. But something in him, you know, he says that every every Christmas or it was always sad. He, he before he was he used to be an alcoholic, and and my my birth brothers would tell me how he would get drunk and just cry and cry and cry and cry, and he wouldn't say why, wouldn't say why. 
just be so sad about everything. And they told me one day, they told me that um, one day he um, he took out a picture and it was a picture. Oh my gosh, this was, was really crazy. Mm-hmm. They had a picture of me and my adopted family when we were living in the United States, when we first moved to the United States when I was seven years old. They had a picture of me. Really? How did they get that? They got that picture because when my father lived, my 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 adopted father, when they were in the in Chile, see, my father was a a a, a pastor, so he was doing ministry in that town of Coronel where I was born, and he of course became friends with the people of the church of the town, and when he adopted me, people in the town of course started talking. Well, she looks a lot like, she looks like a lot like my brother. Oh. Like I looked a lot like my birth brother. Mm-hmm. So when they sent the picture to to their friends in Coronel, one of the friends took that picture to my father and said, she looks just like your son. Oh my so my gosh. brother told me that one day during Christmas or New Year's or one of the holidays, he just got so drunk. And he said in that picture, he said, in this picture is the blood of your blood. Oh, he confirmed And it. everybody was just taken aback. Everyone was taken aback. Like, what is he talking about? You know, he, he's just drunk, blah, blah, blah. So, well, my father has been sober for, for 10 years now, mm-hmm. but that was back then. Yeah, but that means that in some way, everybody kind of knew, you know? Yeah. Y- you know, when someone when someone behaves a certain way and they say something that seems crazy, but it is a repeated refrain, you have to believe that there is something in their past that they are tuned into that they're expressing that you just don't know. That's really unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, when I speak to my father now, he's, he just, he, he feels guilty. He says he feels guilty for not fighting more or for not insisting more for, for not doing more. But he says, I mean, he was, they're, they're very poor. I mean, they they don't have the resources, you know, to, to look or to search or, right. or any of that stuff. And he just feels guilty mm-hmm. for not fighting more. Yeah. I can imagine. But you know, what could he have done if she Yeah, you know, was, he really couldn't have done anything. Yeah, exactly. if she was be doing the things that she did, there's not much that he could have done. Recall that Daniela was invited to stay in Chile by her adopted mother, and Daniela moved across the country to California to start a new life after she couldn't get along with her adopted family when she returned to Miami. I wondered if she informed her adopted parents of her reunions and how those conversations and the relationships were doing. When when I told my mom, my adopted mom, about finding my birth mom, she just she just got scared. She's like, I promised her that we weren't going to look for her. I made her a promise, and now I'm breaking the promise. She was a little bit upset, which made me upset. But um, since then, it's just been, you know, my adopted mom wants to get involved. She wants to go meet the families. I just kind of want to keep her away from it, separated from it. Why because my mom has, my adopted mom, she... She means well. I know she doesn't do things out of to be malicious. She doesn't have a bad heart. She's a good person, but she she has turned away people from my life without knowing it. Like my my abusive boyfriend in Chile. Before he turned abusive, my mom would tell the warn them about me. Oh well, she's depressive and she's you know she takes medication and when she wears black, it means that she's like this and she's like that. And I don't know if you guys can handle her. Well, they used all the stuff that she told them against me. Mm-hmm. They use that, well, that's why your parents didn't want you, and that's why you're down here, and that's why we're taking care of you, because you're crazy, because you're depressive, and all this stuff. And they started using everything 
you know, that she warned them about me mm-hmm. against me. She, she, and she did this sabotaged you by accident. Sounds like. Right. So I kind of keep her away from, I want this part, this, this part, this, my family, my, I want it to be just mine. Mm-hmm. I don't want to share it with anybody with my adopted family. I understand that completely. Yeah. How are you doing now? You know, I've, I've gone from being the lone wolf to now just not feeling lost anymore. I know who I am. I know where I come from. I've embraced my heritage. Um, I'm learning, you know, little by little more about my, my people's culture and trying to instill that in my family. Um, now I just feel like I don't feel lost. I, 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 you know, I think like the feeling of not knowing where you belong never really fully uh, leaves mm-hmm. because I'm here in the United States and I know like I here I feel like an outsider. Like this is not my this is not my land. <laughs> yeah. But when I go back to Chile, it's just an empowering feeling. No, I, I can imagine. But I'm just I'm not lost anymore, though. I don't feel lost. That's mm-hmm. that's I know why I know where I come from. Yeah. Wow. I'm really glad you were able to find that. That's, that's really important because to walk this earth your entire life and never feel that sense of belonging is, I mean, that would be very lonely and very challenging. Yeah. That's good that you found that. Daniela told me she doesn't talk to her maternal side at all, but she's happy for the five years they had in reunion. Now she finds peace from the maternal relationships she's developed. I am happy that at least I have a little piece of, 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 where I come from, and that's my father. And as long as I have that, I'll, I'll I'll be fine. Yeah, I hear you. You're absolutely right. And I'm glad that you have a positive relationship on that side. And, you know, as I've come to learn from talking to people, there are always two sides, at least, to every story. And for you to have been mm-hmm. able to find him and get his side of the story and hear, you know, his emotion over the desire to keep you for himself... Um, that's, that's really important. And I'm glad you got that opportunity to hear that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, me too. I, uh, it was very healing. I needed it. I'll bet. That's amazing. Well, Daniela, thank you so much for sharing your story. I'm really, I appreciate the fact that you had not only this, this identity crisis as an adoptee, but also as a person of another country who was adopted into a family of another country. Um, It must have been incredibly isolating for you. And I'm sorry for all that you went through, through, you know, the therapy and, and medications and things like that. But it sounds like you're in a really good, strong place now. And I'm, I'm really happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think adoptees just, we all have this, this sadness, this depthness to us, this depth, this depth that other people who are not adopted, don't know or wouldn't understand. And I think that depth in sadness or whatever emotion it is, it, it makes us spiritually more advanced. I feel like mm-hmm. to, to non-adoptees who don't know what it's like to, to feel this way. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm, I'm only 32 years old and I feel like I'm 50. <laughs> I, I feel like I've lived through so much emotionally that, that I'm already like 50 years old yeah. in spirit. Yeah, you've lived a yeah. lifetime, both in what you've endured in your family 
and what you've been through in trying to reunite with your biological families. I mean, it's a, it's a lot. These are life adventures and you've experienced them at an early age. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's exhausting. Yeah. Grateful. <laughs> I hear you. I'm glad you're in a good place now. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Daniela. I appreciate it. No, thank you for listening. Of course. All the best. And Take care. Okay. Talk about it a lot. <laughs> I'm thank sure. You. Sure. Take care. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye. Hey, it's me. Daniela's story shines a light on the coercion that influences many adoptions. While I know that heavy influences are inflicted on some pregnant mothers, it was hard to hear Daniela describe the predatory trolling that the social worker did to finally get her away from her birth mother. However, it also sounded like her birth mother had a lot of shame for how Daniela was conceived and was prepared for deception when it came to Daniela's birth. A perfect storm. I was sorry to hear the struggles Daniela faced as an outsider in her family, how adoption and a lack of attachment to her true identity made her feel like she wanted to end it all. A lot of adoptees have suicidal thoughts, but there's help for you. You can call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline 24 hours a day at 1-800-273-8255 if you feel like you need to talk to someone. They're there to listen. That's 800 800- 273 talk in the end daniela learned that contrary to what she felt her whole life she was always wanted by her birth father and knowing that has filled a huge hole in her life i'm damon davis and i hope you'll find something in daniela's journey that inspires you validates your feelings about wanting to search or motivates you to have the strength along your journey to learn who am i really If you would like to share your adoption journey and your attempt to connect with your biological family, please visit whoamireallypodcast.com slash share. You can choose to share your whole story, maintain some privacy about parts of your journey, or share completely anonymously. You can find the show at facebook.com slash whoamireally, or follow me on Twitter at whoamireally. And please, if you like the show, you can support me at patreon.com slash WAI Really. You can subscribe to Who Am I Really on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, it would mean so much to me if you would take a moment to share a rating or leave a comment. Those ratings can help others to find the podcast too. Hold up. 